Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. If you Google, who is Jesus, then you'll get about 1,420,000,000 different search results. Probably safe to say that people want to know who Jesus really is. Was he really God's son? Was he a man, but a great teacher? Was he even real, or a made-up story to push an agenda? And these are just some of the most common questions asked about him. But what if we could really know for sure? What difference would it make in our lives? We explore these questions and more in our current series, Who is Jesus? Let's continue the Upward Journey. With today, Upward Family, great to see you guys this morning. So good to be with you. You doing well? You doing well? I'm so glad, so glad. I missed y'all last week. Oh, goodness. I tell you what, I just long to get together on Thursdays and on Sundays because I want to be around my family. Anybody else other than me feel that way? I just need to be around my family. I was uh, at my home last week. My mom is in a season of her life that it's going to be a the most beautiful season of her life is going to be the most difficult for us to walk through. But she's in that season soon. Uh, she's going to see Jesus before long. And so went home last weekend and spent time with my dad and went to our home church with dad that I haven't done for years and years and had a beautiful service. And it's just good to spend time with him. You may see me out just a little bit over the next couple of months, but uh, I uh, just love getting back with you guys. I just needed to see y'all this morning. Anybody else feel that way? You just need our family. Family. You folks who are online, you're included in that as well. We have so many people talking to us and saying, I join you online every week, and I'm just so blessed to have all of y'all. I don't know which camera to look at, but whichever one, wherever you are, uh, we are so blessed to have y'all with us. We hear people from uh, California are watching. We have people from Washington State are watching. We have people in other countries that are with us every week. And I just want you all to know, it blesses us to know that you're out there and that you're with us. So it's good to be a part of a family. Amen. Good place to say amen right there. We are in message four of a series called, Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? I'm going to tell you how old I am today, uh, right now, and you're going to tell me how old you are too. How many remember an old game show called, To Tell the Truth? Can I see your hands? All the older folks raise their hands. you got to be, I guess, 50-plus to remember to tell the truth. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you mad right at the start here, but uh, it was called To Tell the Truth, and it was a very interesting show. They had a panel there, and then uh, they would bring in, if I remember it correctly, I was like one-year-old when it came on, just so... If I remember it correctly, they would bring out three guests, and they would ask them at the start of the show, stand up and tell your name. And they may be three guys there, and contestant number one, stand up and tell your name. He would say, my name is John Smith. Then they would say contestant number two, and he would stand up and say, my name is John Smith. And the same with three. You had all three guys or ladies, whoever it was, claiming to be the same person. And then the show consisted of the panel asking all of them questions to try to figure out who the real John Smith is. And that's what we're doing in this series, really, because there's a lot of things out there claiming to be Jesus. Jesus said that in the last days, before he came back again, and by the way, I still believe Jesus is coming back to this earth for his church. We've got a job to do until he comes, but 
The Bible calls our blessed hope the return of Christ, and He is coming back. And He said in the days leading up to His return, there would be many claiming to be Him. There would be many false messiahs and many false Christs. And you say, well, I'm still looking for a person crazy enough to say that he's Jesus or she's Jesus, and they're out there. But I think even more prevalent in our world and in our culture today are groups claiming to be Jesus that really don't have his heart. There are churches who claim to have Jesus who really are not exhibiting and manifesting his heart in our world today. There are preachers who name the name of Christ who really don't preach Jesus, they preach their own thing. In America, and I love our country, I'm very patriotic, but there's an American brand of Christianity. There's a cultural Christianity that can very quickly depart from the heart of Jesus. You can say amen there, it's okay. I learned this a long time ago, God is the God of the whole world. Now, I love our nation, make no mistake, but Jesus is Lord over the whole earth. Amen? There's all kinds. Of, maybe the false Christ we will experience in our day is more of a misconception about Jesus than a person claiming to be Christ. I just want you to hear me on this. I don't want to serve a Jesus that I made up. I don't want to serve a Jesus that I constructed out of little bits and pieces of the Bible that I pulled together to suit me. I don't want to serve another Jesus that's just something a denomination or a pastor made up. I want to find the real Jesus. I want to serve the real Jesus. I want to manifest the heart of the real Jesus in my world. And that's what this message is about. Who is the real Jesus. I want to know Him, and I want you to know Him. Now, to find the real Jesus, we've gone to the best source I know of. We've gone to his dear friend, John, the apostle, his closest friend, who wrote a whole book about him. There are four biographies of Christ in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John wrote what many believe to be the most intimate portrait of who he is. And we're looking at the first 18 verses of the book of John over this six weeks series. Now, Pastor Matt did an absolutely wonderful job last week. Didn't Matt do a great job? That's all I've heard all week. Matt, 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 Matt. He did such a wonderful job, though, but I will tell you this. I am good-looking enough that I don't have to preach in the dark like he did. <laughs> Notice how he turned the light off and preached out of the dark. I, I turned on the online service, and I got a phone call, and I came back, and I hear a voice, and it's all dark online. I'm like, where is he? He did such a tremendous job and manifest the heart of Jesus, and I appreciate that sincerely so, so much. Today we're going to pick up in John chapter 1, and we're going to go with verses 10 through 13 today. I'm going to ask you to stand, as we often do, in honor of God's Word, and we're going to read this passage out loud together. Are you with me? John 1, beginning in verse 10. He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, 
He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. May God bless the reading, the hearing, the reception, the obedience to His Word. You may be seated today. Here is our main thought from this passage today. Jesus is the rejected Messiah who became our redeeming Savior. He is the rejected Messiah who became our redeeming Savior. First thing John tells us in this passage is that Jesus is the rejected Messiah. He says this about Him. He said He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. Think about this for a minute. He came to the world that He shaped by His Word. Jesus spoke. God spoke. And the worlds were created. He designed everything that exists. He knows every animal. He knows every plant. He knows every biological process. He knows you. The Bible says the hairs of your head are numbered. That's how well He knows you. So the very creator of all this universe came in, in great honor, came to the world, and the world didn't recognize Him. The world did not recognize its own Creator. And John portrays this as tremendously tragic and tremendously ironic because the world that created him should have known him when he came. Have you ever been in a situation when you didn't recognize someone that you should have? It happens to me all the time. I'm up front, you know, and I see a lot of you. A lot of you, I know your faces, but I don't know your names yet, and I want to learn your names. And people will come up to me in stores and, and talk to me and and I've just learned in, in my life when someone comes up and says hello, I just hug them. <laughs> I hate not recognizing people. I was at a uh, large conference uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I, I was asked to be on the platform and to receive the offering one night. And, and there was probably 1,500 people there, you know, so... It was a big group, met in a convention center, and uh, they asked me to be a part of the service. So uh, they told us um, before the service, everybody on platform, come to the green room, and we'll get ready to walk out together to go on the platform. So I was in there with a bunch of folks, and uh, some of them I recognized and really admired. I got to spend a little time talking with uh, Dr. Mark Rutland, who's one of my favorite speakers, a great communicator. Spent a little time talking to him and was honored. So we were there and just hanging out, and I didn't know most of the people in the room. Guy comes up to me, he tells me, hey, me and Alexi, he said, my name's Billy. And I said, hey, Billy, and I shook his hand. He's got the southern accent going on. I've got a little bit of a southern accent, you know, just a little, a slight touch of it. You can hear once in a while. Uh, he's got the southern charm, and I mean, I get along with those people really fast. It's like, you know, when you speak to somebody southern, it's like, yeah, immediately. So what, we're kidding, and I'm cutting up with him, calling him Billy, you know, and it's like uh, he's from Henderson County in my mind. I asked him, I said, are you from North Carolina? He said, no, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I said, oh, that's cool. That's just a great place. And so we cut up. I'm joking. We left, and I said, see you later, Billy. He said, I'll see you, Andy. Then we get down the platform, and the uh, bishop gets up and says, we are so honored today to have Dr. Billy Wilson, the president of Oral Roberts University, with us. It's a high honor to have him. And I told Alex, I said, I just called him Billy. <laughs> I should have recognized him. I've seen him preach before. 
That's funny. It's tragic, though, that the creator of the universe comes to visit his creation, and we don't recognize him. We don't see him for who he is. We did not receive him as the Messiah, as the Son of God, as the creator. Jesus had this problem all along. The disciples that he knew and loved, and they knew him, they got in the middle of a storm. They're in a boat. They left Jesus on the shore praying, and they went out in the boat. And in the middle of this great body of water, they're in a storm, and the ship's being tossed. And Jesus knows they're in trouble, and he comes walking to them because we have a Savior that walks to us in the middle of our storms. But here's the deal. He's walking up to the boat, and they see him afar off, and they think he's a ghost. They didn't recognize Jesus in their storm. This happened over and over again. After he rose from the dead, Mary Magdalene's there at the tomb. It's a glorious truth that the first vessel of the gospel that he is risen was a woman named Mary Magdalene who had a checkered past. That's our Jesus. But she sees him and thinks he's the gardener. She could not believe he was as great as he really is. She, did, she could not fathom that the Jesus who had died and been put in the grave is now talking to her. Because one of the reasons we don't recognize Jesus is because he is far greater than anything you have ever imagined. He is greater than any preacher has ever told you. He can do more than you've ever dreamt. I don't care if you're a baby Christian or you've been serving Jesus for 60 years. No matter how great you have imagined it, Jesus is greater than all of that. You know, when we get to heaven, somebody asked me the other day, we're in a season of thinking a lot about that right now. Somebody asked me, will it be like this in heaven? And they were imagining a good circumstance that they wanted it to be this way in heaven. And, and God just gave me an answer for them. It doesn't always work this way, but God just gave me an answer. I said, listen, imagine heaven as good as you can possibly imagine. It will be infinitely greater than that. So if you can imagine this being wonderful, it's going to be even better. Amen. People say, well, I see my dog in heaven. This is not the point of this message at all. <laughs> and I'll get a letter, whatever I say. I'll get an email. Imagine the best possible scenario you could ever be in. And the Bible said, it's not even entered into the heart of man how good it is. That's how great Jesus is. Sometimes we fail to recognize him because he's so much higher than what we've been, been taught. He's higher than religion. He's higher than church. He's higher than all the structures we've built in His name and the things we've said in His name. He is greater than all of that. And sometimes we don't recognize Him in our storms. Sometimes we don't recognize Him in His glory and in His greatness. The very world that He came into did not recognize its own Creator. I wonder if we would recognize Him if He showed up today. I'll tell you this, I want to recognize him in my life because he wants to make himself known in my life and in your life. Did you know Jesus wants to make himself known at the grocery store? 
Did you know Jesus wants to make himself known on your job? You know, everywhere you go, Jesus is in you if you're a believer. And he wants to show himself through you. Recognize him for who he really is. So first of all, the world didn't recognize its own creator. Secondly, the Jews didn't receive their Messiah. John 1.11 says this, He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. His very own people, the Jews. He was a descendant of David. That One of his messianic titles was son of David. He was a Jew by birth. And he came to his very own people. And his very own people rejected him. You know, there's this false idea out there that while Jesus was on earth, that he was just universally loved and accepted. You need to discard that idea right now. I used to think if I'd just be like Jesus, everybody would just love me. We're talking about a man who opened blinded eyes. We're talking about a man who raised a guy who'd been dead for four days, and the whole community saw it. And they executed him. Actually, he gave his life. But from their perspective, they killed him. He was rejected. Over and over again, Jesus was rejected. Before he was born, his pregnant mother was rejected. The innkeeper, they knocked on the door of an inn and said, can we stay here? And he knows the woman is great with child. Joseph had to tell him the story, and he said, there's no room. Can you imagine what that inn would be worth today? Can you imagine that guy could have sold tickets for the rest of his life? See the place Jesus was born. Instead, he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. We've lost the concept of what a manger is. The closest thing most of us have to a manger is our dog bowl. I fed two dogs this morning, and I cleaned their nasty bowl up. I would never think of putting a baby in something like that. But basically, he was laid in a trough where cattle ate. He wasn't wanted. Could it be many times, and I think it's true, the world doesn't recognize their Messiah because they don't want to. I love my mom and dad, but when I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do, I did not welcome their presence into my life. <laughs> Can I get an amen from anybody else around here? That seemed to resonate a little bit. I wanted to hide from them. I saw a quote on, on the internet the other day. It may sound a little harsh, but they said an atheist can't find God in the same way a thief can't find a policeman. Because many times... We live in such a way that we don't want to recognize him. And we don't want to receive him. I want you to understand, Jesus was the rejected Messiah. Isaiah wrote a beautiful portrait of the Messiah about 1,200 years before he even came to earth. And he said this of the Messiah, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with the deepest grief. 
We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Today, much of the world still does not recognize and receive Jesus. But John 1, 12, the next verse, starts with a beautiful word. Let's go to it. What's that word? But. That's a big but. I said that on purpose. Sorry for the middle school humor. I'm not sorry. When I was in middle school, a preacher came to our church, and, and there's a verse that started with but, and he said, friends, that is a big but. He lost me for the rest of the service. I probably got spanked at home after that. So I thought I'd try it on y'all today, and there's still a few middle schoolers out here today. Yes, good. One T. One T. That word is huge, but. He was not recognized. He was not received. But. Aren't you glad God puts that word in there in your life? Because you and I, every one of us at some point in our lives, some of us for a long time, didn't recognize or receive him. But. Something happened to change that. I love this verse. I'm so glad it didn't end with verse 10 and 11, and we have verses 12 and 13. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. What's that word right there? But to all. That's a universal appeal. That means that Jesus died for everybody. That means his atoning sacrifice is available to whosoever will believe and accept him. To all who believe and accepted him. That is, who recognize him for who he says he is. I want to challenge you. You need to figure out in your own life. Don't just do it because I preach it. You need to find out in your own life who the real Jesus is. You don't need to just buy what I say about him. You don't need to just accept the doctrine of the church. You need to read for yourself. And I would challenge you, before you believe the claims that anybody makes about Jesus, why don't you search out what he said about himself? Who he really claimed to be, and you'll find out who he is. See, one of the keys to victory in this life and certainly to eternity is to understand who Jesus really is. I want to tell you a couple things that tell me who he is. First of all, Jesus is the one who welcomes us into his family. He welcomes us into his family. It said, but to all who believed in who he was and accepted or received him, You know what that word accepted means? It simply means to welcome him into your life. Coming to Jesus is much more simple than we often make it out to be. Here's what it is. Believe he is who he said he is and welcome him fully into your life. Amen? Well, what about repenting? We got to repent. Lord, I've repented so many times in my life, and it was useless sometimes. Oh, boy, I'm getting emails today. 
If your repentance means, God, I'll never do it again, I'll do better, it's useless. How many have said, God, I'll do better, and you didn't do better? Can I see your hands? How many have done that multiple times? How many did it yesterday? (laughs) Mine her up. I did it. I did it. I had a bad attitude yesterday. I had to repent of. That kind of repentance, to understand when you believe who he is and you fully welcome him into your life, you'll learn what repentance really is. Because he will overwhelm you with his joy and his grace and his goodness. And you will gladly leave behind anything this world has in your life. You'll leave it behind to pursue him. This whole message of Jesus is not, you bad people ought to do better. This whole message is, Jesus is incredible. And there's nothing on this earth that can compare to him. You ought to chase after him with everything that's within you and let go of everything, every hold this world has on you. Turn loose of it and run to Jesus and you'll discover that he's greater than anything you've ever imagined. I'm talking to the church today too, not just unbelievers. We as the church need to understand who he really is. We've made our Jesus so limited and so narrow and so churchy that we need to discover him in a fresh and a new way. Can I get an amen this morning? Can I get an amen this morning? Now, here's what he does. Jesus is the one who welcomes us into his family. John said to those who believe and accept, he gives them the right to become the children of God. That's one thing we all need is family. I mentioned it this morning. I need to be in this room with you folks. I need to shake your hands and hug your necks and hear from you and talk to you. There's something about being in the family of God because so many people don't really have a family. So many people come from a family that was dysfunctional or broken and they never had that environment of a family growing up. So many people feel like they're never included. I talked to you one time, I never forgot it. He said, everywhere I go, I feel like I'm on the outside looking through the window. I never feel like I belong anywhere. That's why when you walk in in the lobby there and you look at the back wall, it says, you... Have y'all been to our lobby? <laughs> we spent a good deal of money putting that up there. And there's lights behind it, by the way. Some of your assignments when you leave the building, just look at the back wall. It's so easy for you today. I'm making it easy. Just go look. You belong here. If you're here, you're in a family. But the greatest place is not just in a church. It's being in God's own family. One of the huge lies that you hear in our world today is that we're all the children of God. That's not biblical. Jesus didn't say that. The Bible does not tell you that. You see, everyone is God's creation. Not everyone is God's child. Everyone is not in the family of God. To get in the family of God, you say, preacher, this is narrow-minded. It's incredibly beautiful and wonderful. Don't you believe Buddhism takes us into the family? Buddha didn't die for me. Muhammad didn't give his life to free me from sin. Neither one of them were God in the first place. 
Jesus Christ, the very living Son of God, the creator of the universe, came to this earth unrecognized and rejected, and he laid down his life for me to pay for my sins. And he would not be contained in the grave. The Holy Spirit came into that tomb and raised him from the dead. And God declared him through the resurrection of the dead to be the one and only Son of God. That's why I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Scripture says no one comes to the Father but through him. That's it. It's narrow-minded. No, it's not. He said, but to all who believe. He brings us into the family of God. When you come to Jesus, you're in the middle of a family. One of the great, on one of the military campaigns of the great emperor Napoleon, Napoleon was reading over some battle plans on his horse. He was on his horse reading over plans and he dropped the reins. And his horse started to rear up and was going to throw the emperor off its back. When a lowly corporal jumped out and broke ranks and jumped out and grabbed the horse's rein and saved the emperor Napoleon from a nasty fall. Napoleon looked down at that lowly corporal and said, what's your name, captain? It's called a field promotion. <laughs> what's your name, captain? The corporal looked up at him and said, of what division? He said, of my guards, of my personal guards. The guy, without asking a question, walked away, and he ripped off his corporal stripes. And he joined the guard of the emperor himself. And they said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm the captain. He said, on whose authority? He said, the emperor himself. When God says, you're my son or you're my daughter... You ought to rip off all the old things that have been said about you. Can I get an amen? You ought to be tearing off some of the insignia that the world's put on you. The world says you're a failure. Rip that off and say, no, no, no. By the authority of the creator, I'm his son. Son or daughter is even better than captain. See, when you know who Jesus is, you can learn who you really are. Oh, that's good. Not sure you realize how good that is. Only by learning who Jesus is do you learn who you really are. Because you are what he says you are. And he says you are his son and his daughter. How do you get into this family? Do you sign papers? Verse 13 tells us how to get into this family. Guess what? Same way you get into any family. They are reborn. You are born into this family. Now Jesus spoke to a man named Nicodemus, a religious leader. And Nicodemus said to him, he came to him in the night. He was scared to meet with Jesus during the day apparently. And he met Jesus at night and said, Teacher, we know you're come from God because... No one could do the miracles you do except God be with him. And Jesus said, no one can even see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Nicodemus said, how in the world is that possible? I can't fit back in my mother's womb. Jesus said, no. You've got to be born of water and of the Spirit, meaning you've got to have that natural birth. 
But there's a second birth. When you're born of the Holy Spirit. And spiritual life comes into you. I love the fact that I got to be with my wife when my two children were born. It was a gruesome experience. (laughs) This is my time once a year when I talk about babies. When they come out, they look like they've been through a war. And I saw them, and they were so beautiful. I looked at my baby, I'm like, ooh. ooh. I tell this over and over again, but the doctor asked me if I wanted to cut the cord. I said, no way. I wouldn't do it. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, you're the doctor. You're the pro. I could mess something up. No. They come out, my, my son and my daughter came out, they were like white. It's chalky white. You could see their veins, and they were bloody. Sorry, but that's just what it was like. But there was a moment that blew me away that I'll never forget. If you can be there, be there. I know it is beautiful. Here's the beautiful moment. When they took their first breath, I saw them turn pink. I saw the color come to them. And that was just a crazy moment. Beautiful. I'll never forget it. Now that little thing that I held right here is married. He's going to give me another one of those little things here one of these days. (laughs) Threw that in. He's listening somewhere. My daughter, I saw her. I saw that breath. It is so powerful, though, to see someone spiritually come alive. And that's what happens when you believe in Jesus Christ. Spiritual life comes into you. How does this happen? John said this. Can we put the verse back up? He said, they are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion. Do you know what that means? It means exactly what you think it means. Not from a physical birth because mom and dad got together. See, you're more than biology. You're more than an animal. You're a spirit. When you're born in sin, that spirit wasn't alive. Did you know you don't get spiritual life from your mom and dad? Jesus has no grandchildren, only children. If anybody in this room or online, you're resting on God's, your parents' relationship with God to work for you, it simply doesn't work that way. You have to know Jesus yourself. You may have come to Upward for a long time and you're kind of riding the coattails. I'm going to sit in these chairs and maybe I'll hitch my wagon to where these people are going. No. You got to know him personally. You got to recognize him for who he is and receive him into your life. And when you do, you're born again. It doesn't come from human passion. It doesn't come from human plan. You're not born again from your descendants. You're not born again from your determination. You ever hear people talk about I'm over a little bit, but I'm, I'm okay. You're okay. You ever hear people talk about coming to Jesus like they did it? Do you? People say, I found Jesus. He was never lost. 
and you weren't looking. People say, I was a seeker. No, you weren't. You had a sinner seeking Savior, seeking you. Well, I decided to turn my life around. (laughs) That's just comical. I decided I was going to clean my life up. You can't. You don't get saved by determination. You get saved because you recognize who he really is. You recognize you can't do it. You simply say, Jesus, I open my heart and my life and everything that I am to you. Welcome. Come in. And he does. And he gives you spiritual life. Now, you're still a baby. Ever somebody say, they shouldn't act that way. They're a Christian. You got to clean up babies. Nobody ever says to babies, you shouldn't do that. You're a human being. You shouldn't do that. You clean up babies, then they grow and they learn. God's birthed us into a family. Recognize who He is. I want to leave you with this thought. I'm going to quit. Salvation is not a work we accomplish. It's a grace that we receive. Some of you need to hear that. That's who Jesus is. He's the one that wants to come into your life and do what you can't do. Would you bow with me today? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. God, as we've walked through your word today and enjoyed our time together, Lord, we just pray that a heart and a life has seen something about you that they never knew before. And I ask you today, Jesus, that men and women, boys and girls, would just say yes to you today. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're not going to embarrass anybody. We just don't do that. If you're here today, you recognize that you have a need to say yes to Jesus this morning. Just going to ask you to do this. Not going to call you out or make you do anything. Just going to ask you to do this. Would you just lift up your hand today so I can see it and say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. Can I see your hands right now? I'm saying yes to Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? I'm saying, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that. Awesome. 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 Love it. Can anybody say, I've tried to be a good Christian and I'm failing miserably? And today, I'm just saying, Jesus, I give up trying to do this myself. And from today on, I'm going to walk in your grace. That's powerful. Can I see some hands there? Oh, man, you folks are in for something good. Can we clap about those hands? Because these people are in for something powerful. Amen. I want to pray with you today. If you're saying yes to Jesus this morning, here or online, just want to pray together with you today. And I invite you to pray this prayer with us. The church is going to help us do it. Lord Jesus. I love you this morning. I thank you this morning for being who you are. I recognize you today as my creator, as my savior. I receive you today. I open my heart, my whole life, and I ask you to come in and be my savior and be my Lord. And from this day forward, I belong to you. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate that this morning? People saying yes. Awesome. Awesome. Would you stand to your feet, please? Stand up with us. Oh, I'm so excited about Saturday. You coming Saturday?
you're not shaking your head now, I'm taking your name down right now. You come in Saturday, we're going to have so much fun. I'm going to be here. We're going to be here. We want you to get to know each other. And we got the Lord's chicken sandwiches there. Hey, come on. Come on. going to be great. You got two assignments today when you leave here. I'm going to bless you and send you the main assignment. Look on the back wall where it says you belong here. So if I ask you that again, you'll have it next week. Your other assignments, go to the bathroom. Anybody been in the new bathrooms yet? Only one? Get in those new bathrooms. We got the bathrooms of your dreams. We're only halfway through it. You wanted a nice bathroom, go in there and check it out before you leave. The bathroom will be overflowing here in about two minutes. Stop by and see that. And it's, I get excited about new toilets here. I mean, it's just wonderful. Uh, excited about the good things God is doing. Exciting about what he's doing in your life. Ready to be blessed. Lift your hands if you want to receive blessing this morning. I bless you with the words of the Apostle Paul, Philippians 3.10, that you may know him in the power of his resurrection. In the power of his resurrection. May the Holy Spirit demonstrate power in your life this week. I'm praying that as you come across a need and you feel the urge to pray for someone, you will step out and pray humbly, gently, and I'm asking God to show up that you may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, with that blessing, I commission you go out of here in the name of Jesus and make Jesus known in your world today in power. Amen. Love y'all. Your commission, your sense. You be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.